Phoebe. I'm Clancy. And I'm Damien. You might be asking, what do two Aussies and a POM have in common? Quite a lot, actually. For starters, Her Majesty has her face on all our currencies. Even the coins. There's a great Union Jack floating around some flags as well. And we speak the same language, sort of. Somehow. Allegedly. Have we love winding each other up? What are we doing here then? Winding you up. But anyway, on this show we discuss current Australian politics. We take a look at past events. While on a mission to ensure the Governor General stays in their job. What? I didn't sign up for this. What? It's in the show's name, Phoebe. Welcome to Let's Save the Governor General. No, I don't want to. Kick him out. What about her? Or her. No, let's <laughs> just not have a governor general. Let's have a republic. With who is, pre- <laughs> with who is president? Not ScoMo. President ScoMo. President ScoMo. No, President Julia Gillard. President Craig Kelly. Perhaps you would like a marmalade sandwich. I always keep one for emergencies. So do I. I keep mine in here. The party is about to start, Your Majesty. Happy Jubilee, ma'am. And thank you for everything. That's very kind. And there we go. Uh, this is a queen. Something, Do you want to know something? That is sad. Oh, tell me something. That is the most I've seen of Jubilee coverage. That 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 fifty second US play is the most I've seen. Oh, there, there you go. Well, look, hey, pretty much the same here, Phoebe. So I've not watched any of it. Ladies, welcome to the Queen's birthday edition of Let's Save the Governor General. We're recording this on the day that the Queen of England became the world's second longest reigning monarch, where they are also the head of state. She's done pretty well for herself. She How long has it been? 70, 70 years? Yeah. 72 years, 120, sorry, 70 years, 126 days. <laughs> Who's counting? Who oh, is am, counting? Because I'm a statistics nerd. Oh. But yes, today she tied with the... Uh, uh, former king of Thailand, King Bumibul Adulyadej, mm-hmm. to become the second longest reigning monarch who was head of state. Oh, there you go. That's... She still has a couple of years to go before she becomes the number one longest reigning monarch ever. Well, I'm, I'm sure she's, she she's aiming for that record. Yes, she will, because Prince Charles isn't dead yet. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's uh, anything. And uh, Prince, uh, Prince Andrew is uh, oh, not Oh, my running. gosh. But I, no, I, um... I sort of feel sorry for Will, though. Because, well, he'll be the next king of England, won't he? Oh, well, so he's so someone's got to be the monarch, and uh, gosh darn it, if it's do uh, they? Get some, do they? Yes. Do, yeah, they, they guess, yes. do they really? Let's put it this way: if Charlie Boy was to, you know, for some reason, fall off the perch, fall off the perch, mm-hmm. and then you know, Bill and family fall off the perch, what happens when you know we have King Henry the Ninth of England? Oh, wow. I didn't know With that. With Queen Megan. Yeah. Queen Megan. Mm-hmm. But no, um, this is uh, the Lily Queen's birthday. Lily Bet. But no, this is the Queen's birthday. Archie uh, and Lilibet. Tomorrow in most states of Australia, it is the Queen's birthday, uh, Queen's birthday public holiday. And we have recently had the Queen's 70th anniversary Jubilee celebration. And that was the Queen uh, doing her best acting with uh, Paddington Bear. And now we know what she keeps mm. in her purse, a, a marmalade sandwich. She's also fostering illegal migrants at her home. Oh, indeed, yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> as, as we'll discuss... invited dis- illegal migrants to her home and she is shielding them from as we As we were discussing, uh, Paddington Bear is actually uh, an immigrant from Chile. From Chile? <laughs> He's an undocumented Chilean <laughs> exactly. migrant. Uh, poss- possibly a victim, a victim of, of, of bear smuggling. Having having said all that, I had a friend who looked after um, Augustus Pinochet in a NHS hospital in the UK. Oh, wow. Mm, (laughs) I did. 
So one of what my ex was from Chile. His father was actually um, the advisor for education to the education minister in the Allende government, and was present when the palace was bombed by oh, the U.S. Air Force, and then got disappeared for several months. Happened to be a chef and offered to cook for the um, the soldiers that were basically incarcerating him in some Was he cooking crystal of... meth? No, he was cooking food, actual real food. food, actual food. And um, he he shaved his beard off with a sharp knife and went out the back door when one of the soldiers went out for a smoko. But he actually came to Australia as a political refugee. All very fascinating. Gee, this is a this is interesting. Gone. Interesting thing on uh, the story of uh, Mr. Pinochet. There is uh, landmark UK case law that is taught to all law students about Augusto Pinochet suing in the UK. So mm. both streets magistrate stipendary versus the Queen ex party Augusto Pinochet. It's a uh, very very important UK case law. Well, there you go. Well, there you go. The, 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 the more you know. But anyway, the ladies. Ha- you can care. That was, that was in the days when Australia permitted political refugees. Maybe which they are now uh, again because we have the Bill Wheeler family who have returned to their home. Yes, we'll, we'll get to that in a sec. But, um, Clancy, can I inquire exactly. about your welfare? My well, welfare. Okay, so I have COVID. Welfare. Oh. I have COVID finally after, now I, now, you know. Now I come across as the insensitive arse on this podcast because I didn't want to inquire about your welfare, but my, my condolences. No, that's, a, that's, that's okay. I'm, I'm all right. I have gin um, and, and, and I, you know, I've been cleaning. I'm, I'm just means that I have a week off isolating. It's actually not such a bad thing. Hopefully I won't actually be very sick. And could I ask about your partner? How, how was he? Oh, he wasn't here. So oh. he's 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 not here. He's he's been sleeping on his boat for the last week. So I haven't actually seen him. So he's returning home. So I'm completely alone with my two dogs and my cat. Okay. Which is not really alone because you've got you know Damo and Thebo. <laughs> well, I got you guys. Yeah. Yes, we, we've, but we've you know, voice, I, I, I have, I have, I have wood for my firebox, <laughs> and I have my two dogs and my cat, and I have online shopping i've already spent 240 dollars in grocery shopping and about 340 dollars in bath bombs <laughs> i'll be fine Priorities, I just, I just haven't... all i can say is the bath bombs are are the bomb they are mm. they, they really are they oh. really are oh, i had a spa bath so you know yeah, okay, that, well, that, we, is, that is pretty excellent. We can discuss important things horrendously, though, because whilst you may all be having your holidays tomorrow, I got two days off last week. So I got oh. Thursday, Friday off last week because which was really weird. Because Not the week we've just had, the week before. Okay, the week before. because you know Queenie's sitting on a on a on a fancy chair. Okay, yep. Old lady sits on fancy chair for a very long time. Yeah. Enthroned. It's enthroned. She's been enthroned. Well, um, the the talk of uh, the Queen being on the throne uh, is counteracted by the fact that Matt Thistlethwaite is an assistant minister whose title is Minister for the Republic in the new Anthony Albanese government. See, this is this is this just fills me with you know weird feelings because it does. In one of two ways, this fills me with weird feelings. The first one is, yes, there is the recognition that the Australian Republic is a good thing. Yep. And that there's actual policy being formulated towards it. Well, there's someone but whose secondly, job it is to formulate policy. He hasn't formulated well, anything true. yet. But secondly, is it just a window-dressing title to placate a base that Albanese knows is quite significant within the Labour Party and the Green Party of Australia yep. to, you know, keep them sweet. Look, we'd have to see what comes out of uh, Mr Thistlethwaite, see if he actually does produce anything uh, worth... Uh... Are we milking Mr Thistlethwaite to see what comes <laughs> yeah, out of yeah, he, What he, an he, iconically he... English name, I must say. Yes, he, he may... Thistlethwaite. I, I, I would love to have been there when he was sworn in, because you get sworn in by the Governor-General, 
And it's like, hey, I'm here to make sure you don't have a job in a few years' time. <laughs> well, having said that, I did I did hear that um, Albanese did not swear on a Bible or call on God. Oh, good. dear. That's good. So he did an affirmation. Mm, he did an affirmation. Society's going to crumble. Society's going to crumble just like Catherine Jeeves did at the end of the uh, second well, you know. debate. No one's talking about Catherine Deves anymore, funnily enough. No, and not many people are talking about Scotty either. There's a thing. He's uh, actually... They really aren't. No. Well, Dutton, good. however, seems to be the potato flavour of the month. We could live with the, 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 the potato. There's, there's a chip off the old block. Oh, boom. It's getting even, getting even better. Out of the do... fire into the frying pan. Uh, hey, guess what? Guess what? I'm on the Liberal Party and website. French fries at that. Yes. I'm on the Liberal Party website right now. And this, guess what the slogan is? What's the slogan? Strong economy, stronger future. Oh, fuck that. Oh. But but the, <laughs> the image on the top is now Mr. Dutton on the left and Susan Lee on the right. Susan Lee. Actually, no, I'm going to share the screen. So, Did I predict that or did I predict that? Did you? Yes. Yes, you did. Also, right there, right there. See it front and centre. There you go. There is something about Peter Dutton that makes me just go, I want to slap you as hard as I can. No, it's just... As Voldemort or Mr. Potato Head? (laughs) That's what it was. He does have that. Uh, I just want to peel remember, him until he's no more. Scene in, uh, just dig Toy those Story. eyes out. Just dig them out. Does anybody remember the scene in Toy Story where Mr. Potato Head gets a whack on the back and all of the objects fall out of the front? Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I imagine that would happen to Peter Dutton. Well, there you go. So now there's a, they, they, the Liberal Party have updated their website, so that's uh, all, all, all good news, all good news. So, so evidently, I hear that Peter Dutton is trying to portray a nicer, kinder, a softer side. Because yes, because he's apparently a a, apologi- he's apologised for some uh, pretty crass remarks he's made in the past. Honey, that only because he's now leading the Liberal Party. I don't actually believe that he actually has changed his views in any way, shape, or form. No, of course he hasn't. It's like Catherine Deves apologising to me and going, no, I'm sorry, what I said about you playing sport was wrong. And I've, you know, changed my view. Like, yeah, right, I'm, I'm sorry you're offended, Phoebe. You're sorry I was offended? I'm sure so she'd say that. I'm sure, I'm sure Catherine Deves, if you, you and Catherine Deves in the same room, I'm sure she would say, I'm sorry you're offended by my views. See, the, mm. here's the thing, though. That's not an apology, though. That's not an apology. That's a non-apology. It's I'm not, sorry if I apology. offended you. I'm sorry that you were... No, no. I'm sorry about what I said. It was wrong. That's an apology. Yeah. Conditional apologies where they basically say, well, I still hold these views, but you shouldn't have been upset by what I said. So I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry you heard you. me say the thing that made you upset. Yeah. yeah it's like the most absurd <laughs> This is now political can... advice from Phoebe. Excellent. This is, <laughs> this is what we want. Uh, speaking of... Contrite uh... apologies work very well. Indeed. Now, Nonsensical... Speak... Apologies, which are based on half truths and conditionality, uh, which basically go, "I'm not going to apologize for anything. I'm going to apologize for what you've done." <laughs> it's like, hang on a minute. Indeed. Speaking of vegetables in politics, um, the cost of living has uh, shot up, unfortunately, and we're looking at. I, what, I ten... thought you were about to start talking about beetroot, man. <laughs> no, no, he's 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 old hat now. Uh, since David Littleproud's taken I'm over the. I'm talking about him, yeah. Yeah, the cost um, of living, evidently, yes, has gone up. Because I've seen a lettuce going for like ten, twelve dollars a head. Well, it wasn't that much when I did my shopping on Woolworths today. I've got a question for you. I've got a question for you. How much is a liter of petrol in Australia? Uh, In my part of the world, probably about two dollars twenty a liter. Yeah, where I am, it's probably a little bit more than that. It's about two dollars. Yeah, thirty something like that. Not that much more. How much is it in the UK? The cheapest you can get it in the UK is 176 pence. So one pound seventy-six a litre. Oh geez, that's uh, then by the time. What does that convert to in dollars? Uh, It's about twice that, isn't it? Let me uh, pounce AUD converter. Let me uh, do the AK one point seven six. $3.07 $3.07 a litre. Holy, holy cheese balls. That's a... Wow, I thought we were doing it bad. Yeah, I know. 
And there's no there's no way you'd want to drive to in England anywhere. Anyway. I'm very so, happy that I bought myself hybrid. So so the average price per litre mm-hmm. is now wait for it. Wait for it, drum roll. And eighty-six point seven pence. Oh jeez. That's for standard unleaded. The average price for diesel Yep. is one hundred and ninety-seven. Oh jeez. So three three dollars forty three Australia oh. that that works out to. That's so the uh... average family car in the UK now costs one hundred and four pounds to fill up, which in Australian money is a hundred and eighty-two dollars. Yes, that's ridiculous, ridiculous. But um, uh, the I know th- I think the Labour Party during the last last couple of weeks have tried to uh, talk about uh yeah reducing the cost of living and getting more energy out into the energy market to reduce you know those kind of uh but here's the thing that this is doing though mm. is it is making people go why the bloody hell am i driving a motor car why the bloody hell mm-hmm. am i filling up with petrol and diesel well you do you do have slightly better public transport in the uk than we do here well, we are about the size well, of Tassie, anyway. compared to the rest, compared to the size of Australia. Yeah, you're actually more like very, very squishy and compact. Yeah. We are, we so are, in, Taz, in Tassie, we have no trains. Did Earth. you know that, Phoebe? You have actual trains. No, we don't have any trains. See, no passenger is, trains in Tassie. This is a, this is a gap in the market. I should come to Tasmania and I should start building railways. No, we have railways. We just don't have any trains. <laughs> oh, come on, that's seriously. Oh, so, oh, come no, on. seriously. So, yeah. quite a bit. No, I'm quite serious about this. So, there, there, there are actually cargo train lines right throughout Tassie, okay. and up until lines, about but 20... you can't put a person on them. No, so up until about twenty or thirty years ago, we had passenger trains and then they decided that we didn't want to have passenger trains anymore okay so they just made them cargo trains so at the moment the only trains that operate in tasmania are for things like coal and mining and stuff like that okay. right? the, the important thing there are no yeah, yeah. pass there are no passenger trains in tassie unless you go on a, like a tourist line at the Ida bay railway which is like a you know ridiculous tiny gauge thing okay yep. so so, there's been a concert, there's been a concerted movement in Tassie to try and get the rail started back up again because it exists. It goes through all the suburbs in Hobart. Really, it's just not used for passengers. Well, there's yeah. a there's a and they're yeah. also tr- they're also trying to get the ferries started again too because we don't have ferries and we have a river I'm that runs through the middle of our city. You have a river. We have a river. I'm going to say this to you. I'm going to say this to you. As somebody who lived in London, hearing what you're saying makes me go, are you run by the automotive industry? And then someone decided to go, let's just tear up all the things that are good. Because in London, in London, you've got overground trains, you've got underground trains, you've got trams, Mm -hmm. you've got buses, you've got ferries, you've even got cable cars in some parts. Mm -hmm. Mm We don't, so we don't, we don't have trams, we don't have trains, we don't, we have one ferry that goes between Bellarive and Hobart, that's it, that was started as a trial about a year ago, and has been immensely successful, but we don't actually have any of the other, we have buses, which aren't very well utilised because everyone has to have cars to drive anywhere because there's no fucking public transport. Here's the thing. When I lived in London, I used to live in the inner bit of London, but the western bit of inner London, and I used to go and work in the city of London. So what I used to do is I used to go to Hammersmith Pier, get on a boat, and go to London Bridge Pier, get off there, and then walk up. So I used to commute to work by boat. <laughs> Sounds perfectly sensible. But it's very, very London. Yeah. 
It is. And so look, I, 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 I grew up in Sydney. Never affected and we had by strike fairies. action. Yeah. I grew up in Sydney and we had ferries in Sydney. We had trains in Sydney. We've now got light rail in Sydney. We had a mono train in Sydney, for Christ's sake, which they replaced with a light rail. And it was eminently sensible. And the time I spent in Melbourne, similarly, they have trams and it was great. But in Hobart, no. I have have a train line literally 50 metres from my home that is not used. I have a ferry terminal 100 metres from my home that isn't used. Mm. And I could basically jump on a train or jump on a ferry to get into Hobart and not have to worry about taking my car, uh-huh. but they're not using them. As Phoebe so said, I think, I think, we, I think big... we're run by the automotive industry. Uh, Phoebe, well, pretty um, much. You, you taking That's my the... hybrid. Oh, you taking the ferry to work. Um, I'll give you some advice, Phoebe. Uh, don't pay the ferryman. Don't even fix a price. <laughs> don't pay the ferryman no. until he gets you to the other side. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's all I'll say. In oh, London, you or just party. I do, I do, but I'm not going to indulge you. <laughs> do you? you? Indulge me, damn it! Please indulge no. us. <laughs> indulge. I'll indulge Clancy because she's got COVID, but I'm not going to indulge Damien. Oh. Aww. Thanks. Now the, the worm has turned. But here's, but here's the other thing in London that I find incredible when I go to other cities is that I can just use my contactless payment system so whether that be on my mobile telephone or Mm -hmm. the actual physical card and i can just go and i can just pay and then i'm on Mm -hmm. no tickets no queues no nothing and then i just do it again on the way out and it's all done automatically Mm -hmm. and i was able to do that across the boats the trains etc yep why is this not standard around the world? Why is it that in places well, they, like they do Melbourne, actually, for they example, do actually have I've got that. to get paper tickets all over the place? No, no, they do actually the have that here in, in Australia. So yeah. in I know in Sydney and Melbourne they Melbourne, have Mikey yeah. and Mikey. Opal. Opal. We have something called Metro here in Tassie for the buses. So that's a contactless payment system a where you start, just charge yeah. your card up. Yeah. So you do have that here. It's yeah. just that in, just in Hobart, we have a paucity of choice. Okay. In Adelaide, um, I was in Adelaide uh, about a year or so ago, and, yeah, they they have, they have at the time, they just introduced a, uh, you know, a, a contactless uh, payment system. They have it in Brisbane as well. I'm sure that okay. there's plenty of other cities yeah. where they have Actually, it, but I just haven't been to them. I will ask you two ladies a question. Do you ladies have um, lots of people riding electric scooters now as well? Yes. yes, we had a woman run down. Yes, we, we had a woman run do. down in Hobart recently. Sorry, Clarence. There's there was a woman who was run down in Hobart recently by someone yep. on an electric scooter. Yep, and uh, Phoebe, you were excited at the idea of something big and electric. <laughs> you you indulge me, Let's I'll indulge you. Let's put it this way: big and electric and vibrating. <laughs> Let's put it this way. It is better than any uh, part of the anatomy that I have ever experienced. Big, electric, and vibrating. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and we'll get you in trouble if you fall off. Something you can park anywhere. <laughs> so let's put it this way. Let's put it this way. Is I it so can big go you have to down a dead end with that, and it can, you know, get stuck. It's <laughs> getting bad, but no. In in Melbourne, uh, yeah, unfortunately, there are there have been people who have been uh, hit by uh, either hit by electric scooters or hit while riding electric scooters. And there was a talk. There was talk about the Victorian government requiring people to register electric scooters to ride because, yeah. Um, so here's some, the thing. Here's the thing in the UK. You can use an electric scooter. Yeah, you can use but it. Them. Has to have it has to have a registration plate on it. Oh, okay. They have to be registered, okay. and it has to have insurance, and you have to undertake a course. Okay, that's uh, actually speaking of British politics, uh, Phoebe, you, you bring it up. Um, 148 British MPs seem to have their heads screwed on straight. What about the other 200 and something? 
Well, let's put it this way. 180 of them are on the government payroll. Oh, okay, yep. And then you've got sycophants. Oh, okay. S surprise. But no, um, in case anyone surprise, who doesn't... Surprise! They will choose <laughs> not to vote against them. So, surprise! <laughs> People choose not to vote against their job. Surprise! People yeah. are sycophants. Yes. Surprise! So, in case anyone doesn't know what we're referring to, uh, was it last weekend, uh, early this Boris week? Boris Johnson, on Monday no last confidence. week, the day after the Queen's Jubilee, faced the motion of no confidence in his leadership of the Conservative Party. And if he had been removed, he would have been removed as leader of the Conservative Party and as Prime Minister. Because he would not have retained the confidence of the party, so therefore he couldn't lead the party and therefore mm. he couldn't be Prime Minister. This was all in the wake of the, quote, Partygate scandal, where Boris Johnson and his staff were found to have had regular parties regular. during COVID, where people were sitting on each other's laps, vomiting. People had diarised in wine time friday <laughs> when people were being told to stay in their houses and not socialize people were encouraged to bring booze in and boris johnson himself and the chancellor rishi sunak were both fined by the police yep for having broken covid regulations when they attended boris johnson's birthday party inside downing street where he had been given champagne and cake caviar and smoked salmon was on offer as well at this party but phoebe, while people phoebe. were in hospitals dying and i had gone into what we called shielding where i was legally prohibited from entering my own front and back garden but phoebe uh, boris johnson didn't know he was breaking the rules he fucking wrote the rules <laughs> he did indeed he did indeed um and that's what makes it uh, fairly uh, egregious um, and uh, according to the Conservative Party rules, he can't be challenged for the leadership for another 12 months. Unless they change the rules, that is. Yes, but I think the same thing happened to Theresa May. She survived a no-confidence motion, but afterwards uh, she left off her of her own accord. She left of her own accord because they kept on voting down her Brexit deal. Oh, <laughs> if you look at the Brexit deal, there's no, no wonder why. So what's going to happen now is Boris Johnson has introduced legislation to try to override the Northern Ireland protocols. And for those of you who have any idea about Northern Ireland, doing things unilaterally by the British government in Northern Ireland has always worked well in the past. Oh, yeah. Um, the, the people in Ireland love it. When... Especially between 1973 and 1997. That worked really well, that did. Oh, yeah. Um, the people yeah. in Northern Ireland love it when the British just unilaterally exercise their power. You know, it's just... Uh, yeah, oh, everyone... absolutely wonderful. Indeed. So, the thing is, though, will Boris Johnson be allowed to introduce legislation that will basically violate international law and tear up the Belfast Agreement on Northern Ireland peace in 1998. Well, given that Sinn Féin... So this could be the end of him. This mm. this is the legislation that could be the end of him. Wait, given... Didn't Martin McGuinness take control of um, Northern Ireland now? Yeah, so, that's, it's given that Sinn Féin now rule, uh, rule uh, Martin Ireland. Martin McGuinness is dead. Uh, who was it then? <laughs> Michelle O'Neill. Oh, okay, because um, I think I'm vaguely related to um, Martin McGuinness. You're vaguely related to a dead man. Oh, what? No, well, really, you know. really, come on. That's. I was also vaguely related to Sir Edward Peel and um, Lord Earl Lovett Fraser, I think. I would be surprised. I would not be surprised if you were somehow related to Peter Dutton. It's in some way, shape, or form. There's just no, no, no. <laughs> There's no. no. I'm sorry, even if there is anything there, I'm not related to it. Okay, no, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, uh, and we were also discussing uh, before recording, uh, in America, the January 6th commission is also uh, yes. being started as well. So we'll, we'll briefly discuss that. Because well, it, Ivanka it, has distanced herself from her father. Which and was, her father has also distanced himself from her. Uh, she wasn't in the well, loop, apparently. No, he's, I don't know if that's because he's trying to protect her or she's trying to indict him. It's all know. very it's, curious. It is indeed. Um, but there was also, I was reading something about the wife of one of the Supreme Court justices 
um, uh, yeah, yes. was, yeah, the uh, Ginny, of, um, Ginny Thomas. Ginny, the wife of Clarence Thomas, Ginny Thomas, That's sent the one. text messages to Mark Meadows, then Donald Trump's chief of staff, talking about how they were going to engage in overturning the election result. Really? Oh, no. Interesting. And there are cases before the United States Supreme Court about what happened and during those periods and if they can get hold of the records and Clarence Thomas is refusing to yes. refuse himself and his wife's records could be in that tranche and so could Clarence Thomas's. Yeah, that's where it gets a little bit hairy is this, this weird thing where a Supreme Court, long, a long-standing Supreme Court justice and his wife are essentially activists or even you could even say surrogates for the former president of the United States. Oh, surrogates. Oh, that sounds disgusting. Not not as disgusting as other things that we've uh, previously uh, mentioned. No, I'm sorry, but I'm just my my brain's just going in overload there. That just sounds awful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone wants to be a surrogate Trump. No, no. Well, I think I think that's actually the word they use. Like when you represent in in American politics, when you represent someone, you're called a surrogate. So, like, if you, you if really you, do, you really want pre- Trump to impregnate you? Well. <laughs> Oh, he's I already feel made. Very th- sorry for his ex-wife. He's already made a couple of women pregnant, and uh, that's that's all, all, all I'll say there. Um, <laughs> coming back closer to home, uh, there's a couple of. Uh, well, speaking of court cases, there's been a couple of uh, prescient court cases that have happened uh, in New South Indeed. Wales. John Barillaro has managed to Ooh. score a seven hundred fifteen thousand dollars settlement from Google for uh, a defamation, basically. That was curious, wasn't it? Phoebe, tell us more. So basically what he has done is he has said that he was hounded out of uh, his job, who was hounded out of public life because a comedian engaged Made fun of in him. political satire. Oh, no. <laughs> which, is, which is long or short of it. And a court in Australia has gone, yeah, you were. Yeah, we agree with you. You were hounded yeah. out of public life. And it yeah. was not very nice what this man did. Even if it was political satire, he went too far. Yeah, have yep. three quarters of a million dollars. Mm, indeed. But I think part of it was that it uh, Google turned into a publisher when they refused to take the take these videos down as well. But here's the thing. They claimed to have been turned into a publisher under Australian law. Mm-hmm. But under the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, which is US law, if they had taken it down, they would have lost their safe harbour. <laughs> I know it's... Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. So I think what they have done is they've retained their safe harbour under US law and they will simply just ignore this Australian judgment or they may just pay it because it's chump change to them. Yes, I, I think I think so. I think so. But um, who was it? Uh, so a internet satire person named Jordan Shanks, who goes by the term Friendly Geordies, uh, yeah, basically had a, um, a latched on to Mr. Barillaro, who was the former, I think he was Deputy Premier, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. Of, yeah, he was of, Deputy of, Premier. Of New South Wales, and yeah, they yeah. turned into a, he was, he was a, yes, hounded out of, a, hounded out of office. Uh, like, he got so bad that he left office right after Gladys Berejiklian resigned from office herself. It was, it was shocking. I don't know how he hung on for so long, you know? It was just... Yeah. It's a tough life sometimes. So hard to be in politics. Mm. Yep. Uh, and... <laughs> sometimes we call it politics for a reason. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, and the court case I was uh, talking about before we started, uh, PR, PR Guy 17. So there is a there is a journalist named Avi Yamini who is, I think he's with Rebel News, uh, if that um, name rings a bell to anyone. Uh, he is. I think he's sued. He's he's trying to sue a guy. Uh, he's trying to sue the person or people behind the Twitter account PR Guy Seventeen, 
who was essentially a, a labor shill for for better or worse you know he kind of he was very pro lockdown very pro um uh pro labor pro dan andrews all that kind of stuff and uh the problem the problem is was is it you wasn't me no no i uh <laughs> no, I'm de- I was definitely not pro lockdown. I'll tell you, you that sure, Damien? Are you well, sure? If if you see me in court with Avi Yamini, then I'll I'll apologise forthright and say. Well, that, if that, I was that, in Melbourne, it would have been me. That's all I'm saying. Well, there you go. Um, yeah. So Avi Yamini, it probably would have been me. Oh, there you go. It's, uh, we're all PR guys. Seventeen. That's uh, and yeah. So the problem is that uh, Avi Yamini can't sue an anonymous person. So uh, and Twitter are very reluctant to hand over personal details of people. And yeah, so he's gone to court. Uh, the court has said to Twitter, "You have two weeks." to provide email addresses, contact details, um, basically personal identifying information. And, uh, yeah, so we will see how see how that goes. I think that was uh, done. Well, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. Tell me that. Google tell me. will cite a case called Reddit versus um, the Watchtower Society of Pennsylvania. The Watchtower Society. All oh, those guys. <laughs> Clancy? Oh, Clancy, we were talking about the Watchtower Society and you walked off. So, for those of you who don't know, Reddit versus Watchtower Society, Watchtower Bible and Tract Society of Pennsylvania. Oh, she's Pennsylvania. coming, she's coming back, she's coming back. So the case to be cited is... No, no, Reddit no, wait versus... till she sits, wait till she sits. Yeah. So the hey, case Clancy. Sorry, I just, was... had to, I just had to blow my nose because COVID. Oh, okay. So the case that will be cited... In, in Google's defense to not hand over this information will be uh, Reddit versus the uh, Watchtower Bible and Tract Society of Eastern Pennsylvania. Uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses are getting what's, a run on. What's, what's, is that Jehovah's? What's yes, it now? is Jehovah's Witnesses. The Jehovah's Witnesses, yep. So they tried to sue Reddit to unmask somebody who was leaking information about, you know, Jehovah's Witnesses and mm-hmm. the Watchtower. Are, are they the even okay enough like. to understand internet? Oh, they do. They hate. They hate people like John Cedars and X Cult Baby. They really hate those two for some reason. I mean, they genuinely okay. hate those two online activists. John Cedars and X Cult Baby mm-hmm. are really genuinely loathed by the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society uh, governing body. Particularly Garrett Loesch really hates the two of them for some reason. Because those two are both ex Jehovah's Witnesses. We yes. Online presences. Yeah, right. Tell us, tell us more, Phoebes. Tell us more. So, Reddit versus the Watchtower Society, the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society of East Pennsylvania was when Watchtower sued Reddit trying to get somebody who was leaking information about Jehovah's Witnesses onto Reddit unmasked. And basically, the US Supreme Court went, nah, bugger off. Fair enough. So, they uh, will yes. cite that. Yes, I I'm tell actually, them to off too. I've, I've just shared, I've just shared the link in our in our chat, and yeah, so the the, the handle was Dark Spilver. Um, yeah, just uh, going through, uh, see if I can find anything uh, pertinent to the. Uh... Yeah, okay, I have to. Yeah, I I can actually read the full opinion. Okay, that's uh, that's interesting. But yeah, all right. So we'll see. We'll we will see how that goes. Whether Twitter wants to, uh, Twitter wants to care about uh, people in Australia having hurt feelings or or what. But yes, Twitter doesn't care. No, but uh, maybe when Elon Musk takes takes them over, they they might. They hey, might Elon! Care. Oh, they definitely it. won't care. Now, <laughs> sorry, Phoebs. Elon Musk has abandoned that now. Really? Yes, uh, actually, I don't think he's official. I think he's like kind of pu- pulled the brakes yeah, and. Uh, well done. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, speaking of speaking of pulling the brakes, um, Anthony Albanese will pay the French eight hundred thirty million dollars as compensation for the scuttled sub deal. He has already, oh. evidently. Well, he's a very nice man. He's just got a spare eight hundred thirty million dollars in his back pocket to. Well, I give think Mr. I Macron. think it was in. To avoid paying $1.3 billion, from what I read. <laughs> Bargain. Bargain. I'm Bargain. like, well, yeah. <laughs> That's... 
he got a tax time discount. <laughs> maybe maybe Anthony Albanese can much. like yeah can like claim like a tax time discount. Yeah, it was it was the end of financial year sale on you know submarine yeah. compensation hey, deals. Reneging, and... reneging on the submarine deal. <laughs> I know. Just, you know. But look, he actually got an audience with the French. This is the I think this is the thing is that you know he got after what Scotty did. <laughs> Thank you, Scotty that mm-hmm. yeah it's like anthony's kind of like gone to the french hey look sorry for sorry for that guy over there you know he kind of like fucked everything up well morrison was very very unpopular with the french i have to say he really he really, <laughs> really? wasn't their favorite really dude. really no i would ne- never have guessed that never have guessed that <laughs> um but, but it's funny so that Scott i think was they were po- rather pleased they were yeah. rather pleased that albanese got in because you know he's got an italian surname so yeah. He's yes. a he's a neighbour. Yes, he is. Um, isn't it funny how like the people that thought Scott Morris, the, the the world leaders that thought Scott Morrison was doing a great job, were Bojo and Donald Trump. Yeah, <laughs> that's just the worst I, of the worst. I think that I think that says uh, I think that I think that says it all. Really does actually. Yeah, yeah, because uh, oh well, Scotty and his scomoses that he cooked for Narendra Modi. Uh, well, you know, that'll uh, Scotty from marketing. Is it any surprise? Yes, Scotty from marketing. Yes. But speaking of corruption in Australia, oh, no, speaking never. of corruption in Australia, it turns out the thousands of mafioso people from Italy are, you know, running, running roughshod over our law enforcement services. No, well, never. Precisely, yeah. <laughs> says the uh, says the head of the AFP. Yes, uh, and wh- why has that suddenly come out? Why has it suddenly come out? Because it, they've been a problem. Allegedly, they've been a problem for years. And you know, living in Melbourne in the early two thousands, you know, the uh, the underworld scene in Melbourne was pretty pretty hot. Um, and the the Sicilian and the mafia and all that were you know allegedly involved in all Could that as it well. Could be that the new prime minister of Australia may have Italian heritage? <laughs> she don't. Mm. Well, there you go. <laughs> I'm not drawing any obvious conclusions there no, at all no, about, I, well, you know, obvious racism. Yeah, the, please, please don't sue us, uh, Mr. Albanese. But no, um, I was reading those. It won't be that... Mr. Albanese that will be suing us. It will be the AFP that will be suing us because we're saying that the AFP are the racist. <laughs> Whatever people. small town that <laughs> that Phoebe is in the north of England, just go go find it, go find it there. Yes, yes, the north of England. <laughs> yeah, very, very north... far north of England. <laughs> Near Newcastle, Newcastle somewhere. One of them, pick one. One of the Newcastles. There you go. Work it out. Manchester. Manch- no. Liverpool. Person Chester. Person. Just Chester. Chester. <laughs> <laughs> Getting out of control. Um, no, I was reading somewhere. But according, I was re- but according, but according to the AFP, mm-hmm. thousands of Italian mafia members were operating in Australia until recently had largely gone undetected while pulling the strings of other criminal gangs. Oh, I don't, I don't think they were undetected. I just think they were being ignored. Yes, or just let go for the because they're bigger fish to fry. But uh, I was so reading some. The assistant commissioner, this is Nigel Ryan saying here, mm-hmm. detailed the extent and saying, Undragetta in Australia and plans to target them. Mm-hmm. He said the notorious Calabrian mafia had concealed themselves within communities for decades, which we know is <gasps> no. absolute nonsense. Police believe that 5,000 Mafia members are actively operating in Australia, in league with their colleagues in Australia and Italy. Well, there you go. There you go. I was reading somewhere that this AFP guy was basically raising the spectre of the Italian Mafia in Australia to basically make... uh, Make it look like they're doing something for the incoming uh, prime minister and or the the incoming ministers, because like if you think if you think about it, like if the AFP have been watching these guys for years, <laughs> you know, like what way to make it look like you're doing something? They go, hey, um, we better we better talk about the uh, the Italian mafia problem in Australia. You know, that's been oh boy, the, those, those naughty Italian mafia people. Hmm, we we better stop them. We've been watching them for years and we know exactly what they do, and it's now time to do something. We should do something. What are we doing? Something. We know what they're doing. We know these people. We know where they live. We know their associates. 
Okay. But we should do something. Mr. Albanese, we should really do something about this, the Italian mafia in Australia. We've been watching them for years. Well, there there are known quantity. It's just about what we do about them, isn't it? <laughs> what do we do about them? Seriously. Oh, in all seriousness, well, they they own all the restaurants. What do we do about them? We have nowhere to go. There's oh, no, no food. We'd have to, we'd have to go well, to. They like own the... all the restaurants and the olive oil. You know, all the Calabrese. <laughs> the, the, the lettuce is already $12 a kilo, $12 a head. Come on, we can't have olive oil going up now as well. They have all the markets apart from the, you know. Uh, okay, okay. Extra virgin olive oil is going up, but that is an Italian mafia special. <laughs> the extra. Yeah, and the sun-dried tomatoes. I'm sorry. Okay, we have to make, we have to go to and the And the passata. We have to get the frozen pizza instead of the good stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, you you make your own good stuff, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. But I'm a I'm a man. Come on, like, barely. No, 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 no. Can't you make a, a pizza, man? I you're can't. not Seriously? a man, are you, Damien? <laughs> Sorry, any food. decent man can you're make not a, a man, pizza. Are you, Damien? Oh, I, I, identify, I identify as a man, and I'm as clumsy as a man. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I have I have the coordination of of a man. Come on, I've got you know I can barely barely walk and chew gum sometimes. I can't answer right. that. I've got no response for that. <laughs> Phoebe's lost lost some words. Hey, I don't. I've got nothing. No, I got nothing. Just like the AFP, just like the AFP, when it comes to tackling mafia in in Australia, we got nothing except we know what they're doing and how they do it and we're, why they do it and where the money's going. We know nothing. <laughs> we can't do anything. Uh, but on 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 more good news though. Um, speaking of Anthony Albanese, uh, he's getting cozy with Jacinda Ardern as well. Um, oh well, who wouldn't get cozy with Jacinda? No, no, she's a very nice. She seems like a very nice person. But no, um, something about something about Section Five Hundred One of the Migration Act, which allowed uh, the potato when he was uh, immigration minister to deport people oh, back Novak to Djokovic. That as well, but more like deporting people yeah, back no, to New Zealand. So, 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 so people who were born in Kiwiland who committed mm-hmm. crimes here in Australia after they had migrated here, even at the age of three months. Yep. And they were deported back to New Zealand for the crimes that they committed here, mm-hmm. even though they hadn't been back to New Zealand since they were three months old. No, 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 Be- because okay. and I think the, the mitigating factor here is that for some reason they never took up Australian citizenship. And so they had that, Peter Dutton had that legal avenue to send them back because yeah. they weren't Australian citizens. But here's the thing, though. Here's the which, thing, though. Which... How complicated is it to get Australian citizenship? But that's the, oh, that's the point, Phoebe. So my, my dad was a Kiwi, okay? So technically was I was fruit. in the same Your father boat. was a fruit. Yeah. So my, my dad was from New Zealand. Did he have he a green inside? With he a white centre and seeds going round it. Was he very he sour asked. if you cut him? He probably would have been. So my dad wasn't from, from New Zealand. He was from Central Tago. Okay. You know. Not really and, Vegas. And he came he came over here when he was twenty five years old. And I was not born until he was thirty eight years old. He did not become an Australian citizen until he was in his late fifties. Okay. Because okay? he didn't have to. Because there was a reciprocal agreement between Australia and New Zealand mm-hmm. where things like Medicare and all those sorts of things uh, yep, were shared. Yep. So a lot of Kiwis didn't bother taking up Australian citizenship. Yep. It was only when Dad had to go back to New Zealand for a funeral of one of my grandparents that he was told that he needed to have an Australian passport to get back into Australia <laughs> that he actually took up Australian citizenship. <laughs> Great. Okay. So this this was the only reason my dad bothered to do it. And then he almost refused because he had a n- number of drunk driving charges against oh, him. Oh, My yeah. dad. And so, th- so this, but this was a thing. This was part of the problem. There were so many Kiwis in Australia who just hadn't bothered to become citizens 
because there was this reciprocal agreement. They still got Medicare, they still got Centrelink, they still mm-hmm. got all the benefits of being in Australia and being a Kiwi that they didn't bother to do it. When I went to New Zealand myself when I was 21, I was able to access the Kiwi or the New Zealand um, Medicare agreement myself because I had to, I sprained my ankle the first night I was there and I was able to get all of that paid for through the the, the reciprocal agreement. So I didn't yep. actually have to pay for healthcare there. Nice. So it was a thing, you know, that was just accepted. Um, so a lot of people didn't realise that, you know, this was going to impact on them later on and they just didn't bother doing it. And it wasn't until they did something that actually landed them in jail that they realised, oh, shit, I'm going to get deported. Or if you're, if you're um, Barnaby Joyce, you went, oh, shit, well, you, I'm, well, I'm a parliamentarian. Well, well, see, I didn't know until that point that I couldn't <laughs> run for parliament. Hey, was well, it the thing I like, hadn't run for parliament? I would, I would have been in the same boat as Barnaby, <laughs> Barnaby Joyce. You right? have something common with Barnaby Joyce. I do. It's scary. <laughs> so... But this is actually a really salient point was that a lot, there was a lot of people who were technically New Zealand citizens or dual citizens who didn't actually know that that was the case because of this reciprocal agreement between us, between New Zealand and Australia. So it's only now that that's become a thing. So mm-hmm. people have gone, well, I better go and change this. I've got to renounce my Kiwi citizenship or I've got to, you yeah. know, do something about it. So it is actually not a surprise to me that this is the case. Yeah. I'm, and, I'm... and, you know, it's it's just people go, oh, how did you not know? No one just thought about it. It's not like the New Zealand government office walks up to you and goes, "Hey, by the by the way, by the way, you know you are." Well, the first when I went to New Zealand when I was twenty one, I didn't even need a visa because I was coming from Australia, so I actually didn't need a visa to get into New Zealand. Because um, one of the uh, famous footballers here in Melbourne who plays for uh, Richmond, uh, Dustin Martin. His dad was a Kiwi bikey gang member, and he was the, he was one of the people who got deported by Peter Dutton back to back to New Zealand. And yeah, it's a uh, yeah that kind of, that kind of caused some controversy. So yeah, look, I I'm kind of with Peter Dutton in that you know we do need to like get like take people off the streets who are committing crimes. I'm just not too sure of deporting them back to New Zealand. Uh, against their wishes and pointless with, and with no support you know in place but but it's pointless because they were literally raised in australia so if you're going to blame anyone for doing that to them it was australia you know if you're talking about the the raising and the upbringing of these people then mm. we turn them into criminals not new zealand mm, yes it's a bit like the old joke uh, when someone to, uh, comes to Australia at the airport and they go to, they go to immigration and they go, "Have you got a criminal record?" And the typical answer is, "I didn't know you still needed one." <laughs> that's a good, that's a very good point. <coughs> <laughs> that is a very good point. Look, you know, my dad my dad used to tell the old joke. It's like, how do you how do you tell a kiwi in in a shoe store? One standing next to the boots with an erection. Just does remind me of the Kelly Webb case. This does. Kelly Webb. Kelly Webb. That's not. There's no sexual entitlement with Kelly Webb. Come on. No, but she was the British woman who was taken to Australia as like a teenager, and she had no choice in the matter, and had loads of kids in Mm -hmm. Australia who were all Australian. And then the government decided that after years of doing nothing about her being in Australia, legally in Australia, as a career criminal, then all of a sudden one day decided they were going to try to deport her. It was a, a bit on the weird side. It is. Um, I've, I have a vague recollection of, uh, of that. 
Can we start deporting all of English who moved here with a criminal record? No, oh, that's a... Ah, yes, I'm actually just uh, looking at... Yes, Going uh, about seven or eight generations. This was in... Oh, 2016, yes. I'm just reading... Uh, yeah. As I say, because it made the headline over here and there was like representations from like hmm. the British government and the British government threatened to strip her of her British citizenship and stuff and refuse her entry to force Australia to keep her. Jeez, <laughs> that's... Oh, that's... That's horrible. That's horrible. So, so my, one of my one of my things about this too is that if you've been living in Australia or any other country for the matter since you were a child, you also probably have been paying taxes mm-hmm. yep. in the country, and no one's picked you up on the fact that you're not an Australian citizen, no, but you've been paying taxes. We'll, we'll, we'll so, take it, your money. Thank essentially, you very much. essentially, you well, essentially, you've been paying for your, you know. You're jail. So. Yeah, you, yeah. You pay, you'd be paying for your flight back home, you know. Well, but it's not home. It's, look, it's, I just don't think it's fair. Uh-huh. I don't think it's fair. It's, it's, you know, if you talk about crime as being a responsibility of upbringing, then, you know, we're, we're basically to blame, aren't we? That's a very, very interesting way of looking at it. And I think um, painting all criminals as bad people uh, straight away kind of does uh, remove the possibility of, uh, or removes the incentive for rehabilitation and you know, t- t- turning your life around. It's uh... this, well, especially when you're thinking in terms of drug crimes. Notion. So this Victorian hair-shirted notion of lock them up, throw away the key, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. Et has shown that it doesn't work. This uh, puritanical, nonsensical nation <laughs> yep. of criminalise everything to within an inch of its life so that you can make the police's life as easy as possible to arrest any sod they don't like the look of. It's round the bend. It's absolutely round the bend. I mean, drug laws, sex laws, etc., etc., that are just there to criminalise people for activities that should not be criminalised. Growing a farm should not be an illegal activity. (laughs) Having sex with somebody consensually, as adults, in a safe, sane manner should not be illegal. For a financial transaction. I'm not saying anything about financial transactions here because, you know, I don't know where the money's come from. I don't know how clean that money is. Well, even that, I don't reckon, should be seen as a criminal activity. Money laundering. Because, you know, well, when you talk about high-priced weddings to rich people, that's basically the same thing. Mm-hmm. Money laundering. You're having sex for a financial transaction. Well, the financial transaction happens first and then... The- I'm sorry, Meghan Markle? What has she got to do with any of this? Oh, now, now we're getting... She's having sex for a financial <laughs> transaction. My well, others. Okay, okay. There are, anyone, anyone who marries someone famous and rich is having sex for a financial transaction. <laughs> this is getting uh, getting out of hand. Order. Getting order. out of hand. But moving on to more oh. controversial things. Oh. After thirty-seven years and nine thousand episodes or so, Ramsey Street is Ramsey Ish. Street clothed. Everybody needs good neighbors with a little understanding. You can find the perfect blend. I'm sorry, but I don't care. Well, I've never, I've never, I have never voluntarily watched an episode of The Neighbors. I used to watch Neighbours when I was a student. I once when mocked When I was a student, I used to watch Neighbours at lunchtime in the student's union with a pint and some nachos. Okay, there's something wrong with you, Fabian. It's kitschy. It's it's just it's just Australian it suburban kitsch. It no, was the fact that it had Kylie in it. Kylie and Jason. That was just it was just good. So I used I used to be in a youth theatre group when I was about fifteen or sixteen. Were you offered a place as an extra? <laughs> no. She was but offered, we, she was offered we, a place we... as a cast member. Oh, no, dear. no. 
No, it was in the wrong city. Well, you're going to be Harold Bishop's Sydney. secret daughter. Well, I actually used to play the, play the soccer around the corner from Ramsey Street, but it wasn't the right Ramsey Street. However, I did, um, I was in this um, play called Studio Audience Required and we dressed up as girl guides and I sang the theme to Neighbours but as Neighbours. And on that everybody. Note. And on that note, so sing so, along, Clancy. Sing along. No, it was sing along, girl guides. So bad. News it was so bad. So we are covered no. by third viewing in the MCA. Everybody needs good. Music itself is actually not that bad. Music it was dreadful. Okay, that's your opinion and that's your commentary on it. And I thank you for that commentary awful. because you're now covering Stop us under it. copyright law to prevent this being a DMCA takedown. But anyway, the it was music dreadful itself shy. isn't that bad because what it does is it instantly makes you think of that nonsensical moment of contrived Drama. Australian middle-class whiteness. It really was contrived middle class whiteness. You've pinned whiteness. that. You've pinned that, Phoebe. It's like yeah. EastEnders. <laughs> so now we're, um, yeah, I think we're about to getting. <laughs> we're, about, we're about to be sued. We're about to be cancelled. We're about to be, you know, DMCA'd. Really? I, I think we got to we got to run before Australia does does become a republic. Until next time. Can't I'm going to be a republic. Clancy, Dad, you get better soon. Phoebe, good luck with your employment. That's when good neighbours become good friends. In history's page, let every stage advance us to rest.